Welcome to Two Pizza Marketing, a podcast that explores the marvelous mess of marketing on small teams. You might have heard of the Two Pizza Rule, which says that the most agile, effective teams are ones small enough to only need two pizzas for a team meeting. On this podcast, every episode will be a candid, relatable conversation with an experienced small team marketer, someone who is creating success on a scrappy level, learning from failures, and trying to stay sane. Hello, listeners. Welcome. I'm so, so excited because I have Marissa Cohen with me today, who is actually one of my first friends in property technology. Uh, She is the senior content manager at Endpoint, and she was previously at SmartRent leading a team of marketers where actually I got to meet her. So welcome. Um, I will let you go ahead and do a little intro about yourself. Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. I'm super excited to be here on the podcast. Um, As you mentioned, I'm Marissa Cohen. I have been in content marketing pretty much my whole career, and I'm really passionate about creating captivating content and, you know, connecting with other content marketers and marketers in general to find great ways and strategies to just level up my skills. So I'm super excited to dive in and chat with you more. And so let's, with that, go ahead and get into what I wanted to discuss with you, which again, we never do scripted questions here, but as a content manager, we love our themes. And so for our theme, we were like, let's discuss content marketing because that's what we do. (laughs) So with that, let's go ahead and dive into some of the most recent challenges that you have faced over all of the years that you have been in content uh, marketing. Sure. Um, I would say that the biggest challenge with anything, and especially right now, I'm just started a new role about a month ago. So, you know, being really new, I think it's understanding the different personas and their pain and learning how to create content that's really going to resonate and really hit that mark for them. And so every time that I come into a company, I think my first thing is to just come in and listen and understand like, who are we trying to reach? What are their pain points? And then also how does our product or solution solve for that pain point? So I'd say that's like the biggest challenge that I encounter usually at the beginning, but it can continue to be a challenge over time because those pain points can change. You can have new product releases roll out and then you have to figure out, okay, how are we going to introduce this new product to the market? Or how are we going to reach our personas with something that the market has never seen before? So I would say like that would be one of the biggest ones for me. What about you? And I think that's so good because we we have nine buyer personas. So we have a lot in, in property technology. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yeah. And so it's hard, especially when like a trending topic is out in the industry and we try to pivot our messaging around that while we're simultaneously trying to target the other eight buyer personas. And so how do you navigate when a team member wants to post on social or something about a trending topic when it comes to our content strategy versus trending topics, trying to be relevant? Do you pivot for that or would you normally stay with the content strategy that you already have? I think if you can make it work in a way that's authentic, then that can be really successful. I think where sometimes brands and companies go wrong is they try to fit into a trend, but maybe it's not going to resonate with their audience and then it just falls flat. 
So I think if you can find a way to make it work and it feels authentic and it, your audience can tell that it actually works, then that's great. But if it's not going to work and you're trying to fit like, you know, a square peg into a round hole, then I'd say, no, like don't pivot from what you know works if it's not going to make sense. So I think you kind of have to go with your gut on that. And a lot of times I would rely on other marketing team members and run ideas past them and kind of have those brainstorming sessions to say, you know, do you think this makes sense? Do you think our audience will, will resonate with this? Or, you know, should we kind of go with what we normally do? So I think you kind of have to play it on a case-by-case basis, but it definitely can work in the right circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Going back a little bit to Endpoint and Smart Rent. So now I want to dive a little bit more into you versus content strategy, and we'll kind of change around as we try to keep everything candid on here. So when you move from Smart Rent to Endpoint, did you have different target audiences and was that hard for you to get back into the buyer persona for that specific person or was it similar? Like, I think it's hard for anyone that's changing from, even if it's like B to C to B to B, trying to get around the, oh, I'm going to have to learn a whole nother buyer persona, the, all of their new pain points and answer those questions. And it can be a hard time ramping that up. So what would your advice be for someone that might be doing that right now? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly it. Um, leaving smart rent, we were multifamily focused in the prop tech space. And so our buyer personas were property management companies and executives at those companies where now I'm shifting to a real estate technology company where we're looking at buyers, sellers, agents. Um, We still are some prop tech companies, but not within multifamily. So it's more residential real estate for sale versus renting on the resident side. So it's definitely a different ballgame. And Endpoint is within the title and escrow industry, which is totally unfamiliar to me other than when I bought my home. Um, I really didn't have a lot of experience in the industry. So it's definitely like that ramp up and learning Um, but it's been a new challenge, which is exciting. And I would say like my biggest advice is when you jump into that, like talk to the sales team, they're the ones talking to the customers every day. They're the ones that are going to understand that pain and be able to tell you what the, you know, objections they hear every day are, what people really resonate with, um, what gets their, you know, buyers excited. And then I like to take those responses and form content around it. Um, while implementing, you know, SEO strategy and that sort of thing too. So like taking the pain and then also trying to optimize for Google and maybe then that's a blog post or it's a social post and that's how we kind of get the word out while speaking to what's really resonating and what we're hearing from the market. Um, Another piece of advice I would say is like conducting interviews of clients. So this can be like great for two reasons. One is that you get to pick their brain and understand like why they're using the platform or the solution and what you know, value they've gotten from it, which can help you then reach other people like them. But it also can translate into a case study or a testimonial or building a relationship with a client that then can be part of your marketing strategy as well. So I would say those are the two things that I would do to really kind of dive in and understand those buyer personas better when you're new to a company. Definitely. And something that I have found that I struggle with is actually talking to our clients because they're so busy and you've heard that from property technology. And so the thing with that is normally you would look to your cab, which is a client advisory board, and we don't actually have one. And usually early stage companies, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It's kind of a hit or miss. And so trying to get around that, if you can't speak to your clients, 
something that I've also used is uh, using is uh, talking to our sales team, but also using Gong, which is artificial sales intelligence. If you can't get a sales team member on the call, and that has helped me. And then it really comes down to just research, and you know that's the grunt work that we're doing as mid-level marketers and. While it's not always fun, it can be. And just making notes, like having an actual document of target audience notes, I think has helped me in the past when I'm not able to speak directly with our clients. Yeah, totally. I like to keep also like a running documentation of like statistics in the industry that I find. So as I'm doing research, if I find a really great article or white paper from something in the real estate industry, and I'm like, oh, this stat doesn't necessarily apply to what I'm looking to work on now, but maybe down the road, this would be really useful. So I always keep a running list of that as well. And I find that to be really helpful because I think content sometimes can land better when you have an industry statistic or research behind it to you know, support what you're saying. And so I think as I go through and I do research and look at competitors and look at the industry, keeping that running list really helps too. So I'm always a fan of just kind of consolidating your research in a place that you can go back to and look at down the road. Yes. And that's where I have been struggling. I'll like write it down and then I'll put it in a document and then I send it in Slack. Like I have so many different places where I put one note and that's where I'm personally trying to consolidate all of my notes into one single location. And I think I got to figure it out, but switching gears from small team marketing. So you're on, you were on a lean team and I don't think I've even asked you this. Are you still on a lean team right now? Um, I would say lean to medium. Um, our team is kind of a hybrid mix of, of marketers and design and we have a project manager. So I think there's about eight of us. So it's, you know, kind of a, a small to medium sized marketing team. Um, at my previous company, like when I started, we were a three-person marketing team, which was really small. And then we grew to about 10 when I left. So I've kind of worked on teams that were really small and more medium size. I haven't been on a super large marketing team, which I think, unless you're at a very large company, is kind of rare to find anyway. So I'm used to working on kind of smaller, more lean marketing teams. But mm -hmm. I find that it gives you a lot of experience wearing different hats and being scrappy and being creative. So um, it can be a good thing sometimes too. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And the reason I ask is going from that lean team to a bigger marketing team, was there any like huge difference in the two and like resources that could have helped along the way that you would suggest to someone else? Yeah, I think part of it is leaning on the resources that you do have. I think, you know, I, I talked about project management platforms. I think that's huge, especially on a lean marketing team when everybody's doing so many things at once to be able to track where everything is and stay on top of projects and make sure that they're moving through in the right timeline. Um, but I would say the biggest thing was um, I had to just learn to take on things that maybe were a little bit out of scope, but that also helped me become more marketable. And so, um, for example, we had Marketo um, back at SmartRent and I really wasn't trained in the platform very much, but we had a few people, you know, leave the team and I had to kind of step in and start working in Marketo. I hadn't really used it a lot and I had to kind of self-teach myself. Um, and it was a challenge and it wasn't necessarily something that was part of content strategy or building content, but we needed someone to run it. And so yeah. I dove in and I did research and I learned how to use the platform. And then, you know, it was easier for me than to advocate for needing a, you know, digital marketing specialist or marketing ops manager to come in and help run those platforms because I could say, 
hey, I've been like stepping in and taking this on, but in order for me to really focus on content, we need some other resources to um, run these other softwares and platforms and automations to make sure that everything works the way that it should. And so I think part of it was learning what we needed help with mm-hmm. and helping myself to build my skill set, even if it was outside of the normal realm of what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately, we actually transitioned to HubSpot because we found that Marketo really wasn't like the best use for our company at the time. So I think I learned a lot from that of just being on a small team and having to learn to be scrappy and do things that were outside of scope. But it also mm-hmm. taught me like what resources to advocate for and what platforms really work for the business size. So yeah. overall, it ended up probably being a good thing. Oh, that's so interesting because we actually migrated from HubSpot to Marketo. Um, interesting. Yeah, okay. recently. And we we have a demand gen um, gal and she does a fantastic job. And I got into Marketo a few months ago and oh my goodness, not to knock on Adobe, but it is just <laughs> a different UI than HubSpot. Yes, it definitely is. Um, the reporting is really robust in Marketo, but the interface can be a little bit complicated for sure and a little outdated. So um, I found HubSpot to be a little bit more streamlined and, and again, to your point, no shade on Adobe, Um, but yeah, HubSpot was definitely just like a little bit more user-friendly for someone who, you know, wanted something intuitive. And Mm -hmm. as our team grew, I think that made sense because we had more people using the platform. And so instead of having to train on a system that was more complicated, Mm -hmm. it was easier for people to jump in on HubSpot when it's just intuitive and you can kind of figure out the user interface on your own. You didn't have to do a ton of training. Um, And as the content team grew and as the marketing team grew, a lot of us were in there using it for different reasons. And so I think it made sense at the time to make that transition. Yes, I I love HubSpot and I miss it, but I used it for five years. So I'm very lucky I got that long with HubSpot. Um, All right, well, let's go back to the top because content strategy, that was the theme that I want to talk about with you. Um, And when it comes to your content strategy, do you break it out by quarterly when you decide like the themes and the topics that you want to talk about? I, I, that's part one of the question. Part two would then be, do you do the typical channels or are you experimenting with any other channels like TikTok? I know a lot of B2B brands are getting on that train. Um, is there anything that would be my part two question to, to the overarching question of content strategy? Yeah. I mean, these are great questions. Um, I'll touch a little bit on my previous experience because like I said, I'm still new at my current company. I'm still kind of getting my feet wet, but Yeah, I typically do plan content on a quarterly basis. I think it can be challenging to plan out further than that because you don't know what is going to change in the industry, in the market, and you don't know what new products might pop up. So I am a big fan of quarterly, making sure you have at least that three-month kind of plan out. And then usually halfway through whatever quarter we're in, we start planning for the next quarter. So that's typically how I would do it. And then just looking at, okay, what's happening in the market? What are the topics that our executives really want to touch on from a thought leadership perspective? At my previous company was a lot about ESG, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so like we started building that into our strategy and just figuring out like, what are the topics we're talking about with a PR perspective, thought leadership perspective, what's happening in the market. And then also of course, SEO, like what are people searching for, you know, on Google and how can we build that into our strategy as well? So we would kind of look at a variety of sources as we build out our topics. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the second point of your question, um, I haven't dove into TikTok so much yet. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't even have it downloaded on my phone. I Maybe that makes me like a little bit of an old lady, but I like watch reels on Instagram and I'm not big into the world of TikTok. Um, 
but I do see how it can really like take off and, and launch. But I also think from a B2B perspective, you have to make sure that that's where your audience is. And I think as a marketer, you always have to find that you meet people where they are. And so if our target audience is on TikTok, then yeah, we should get into TikTok. Um, but I don't know that they are. I think a lot of, so our target audience, a lot of time is real estate agents. And I think they're on Instagram and Facebook a lot more than TikTok. So mm-hmm. we've been trying to ramp up our Instagram presence. We didn't really have much of one um, prior, but now that I'm at, with the company, social is a big part of my role. And so I'm starting to build out reels and build out Instagram posts and stories and finding ways to engage with the audience. Um, and really build that presence. But I would say mostly we're doing kind of traditional channels, but I'm really excited to try new things. And I, I think that's what's really cool about this role is because they haven't had anybody in a content role before. I get to kind of build it from the ground up and try new things and see what works. And, and that's exciting for me personally too in my career to, to get to build that and experiment. Um, that's a really cool challenge and opportunity. So Oh, I love that. I love that. And let's stay on your career because I asked you a question before we started recording um, because I think this is so important and so relevant and it's not talked about enough. Marissa and I, around the same time, I want to give context to this question. Around the same time, roughly like a year ago, her and I, I remember we were emailing back and forth. We were trying to advocate for a promotion. So going from that content specialist role to that content manager role, and no one tells you how to do it. I mean, you got to figure out what works for you, but I thought that maybe her and I could discuss tactically how someone could do this if you're wanting to move up in your career. So with that, do you have any advice to anyone that would be trying to make that move? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think first and foremost, it's, it's advocating for yourself and really stepping up into the role that you want to have. So finding a way to take on bigger projects and more responsibility is one thing that kind of, I reached a point, you know, in my career where I was like, okay, I think I'm ready for what's next. I want to move into management. I want to be a leader. How can I do that? And so, um, you know, it was having conversations with my boss to advocate for what I wanted and try to find a timeline that would work. And then also just in the meantime, we brought on some additional people on the content team. So I will help to onboard them and train them and review their work and provide guidance as they started to onboard. So then those skills could translate into me being a manager. And when I would advocate for what I wanted, I would say, here are all the ways I'm already doing the role. And here's why I think I'd be good at it. And ultimately, I also really, you know, I have to thank, um, I had a mentor that really advocated on my behalf. She wasn't my manager, but you know, she saw that I was capable of being a leader and she gave me opportunities to step up in non-traditional ways. And she advocated for me to really get my promotion. And so I think that's another piece of advice. It's like, maybe it's not only about advocating to your boss, but it's about working cross-functionally with other leaders that can then speak on your behalf to say, hey, you should look at her. She might be a really great person to move into management. Um, And I think that really helped me to, you know, grow in my career as well. So I will forever be indebted to her and um, yeah, she knows who she is. That is gold. I love that. I mean, having mentors and just like-minded people on your side, it's so easy to lean on them on what you should do in those types of scenarios. So I think that is great advice. I'd also add for anyone um, in this situation right now to use numbers and statistics and like deliverables and what type of, um, essentially what you're influencing and the ARR that you're bringing from a content campaign standpoint can help you as well. 
So that's the last little tidbit I would add to that question. Um, all right. Well, lady, this has been so much fun. I'm going to wrap it up by letting you give a little spiel on where people can find you. Sure. Yeah. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Marissa Cohen. Um, I'm also on Instagram. My personal Instagram is just little miss Maris. So you can follow me there. Um, and then if you want to check out endpoint or, um, it's endpoint.com, or you can, uh, check us out on LinkedIn and Instagram, um, get endpoint on Instagram, LinkedIn, just type in endpoint and you'll, we'll come up and, um, thank you so much, Ashley, for having me. This has been a really great conversation and I super honored that, you know, you asked me to participate. So thank you. Of course. Thank you. And thank you listeners for making it this far. If you have any questions at all, please reach out to me or my co-host, Melissa Moody, and we will see you next week. Thank you. Hey, Two Pizza Marketer. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or topics to suggest, we are always happy to hear from you. So send us an email at two that's the number two, pizza marketers at gmail.com or find us on Linktree at Two Pizza Marketing. Until next time, keep having fun and try to stay sane in the marvelous mess that is Two Pizza Marketing. <laughs>